Okay, very good. So, we find ourselves now in Exodus. We, uh, I think it's almost two years that uh, we've been going through this, and we're, we're still not done. We're, I think we're anticipating we'll be done at the end of February, and then we move on to the next book, Leviticus. But uh, tonight we'll pick up. We started in chapter 25 with the, uh, constru- with the, with the orders on, on building the tabernacle. We've had all the instructions happening. Uh, what God required as far as the furniture, the priests, uh, their, their services, and, and everything that goes on. And tonight we finally we begin the construction. But from chapter 35 to the end is the construction of the tabernacle and its furnishings with a few reminders uh, from the Lord. So, <clears throat> what I've titled tonight's message is God's Call. God's Call. God's, God summons us. Amen? God summons His people. So we've had the, the, the preparation and, and, the, and the plans up until this point. And now God is calling His people to action. So that's where my, my thoughts went, that we are people called by God. We are called to action in the here and now, in preparation for our life in eternity with Him. And we see in, in, in Scripture that Paul was called to be an apostle, right? Priests in the Old Testament were called for the special work of interceding for the people. Uh, the word call, again, is summoned. God summons those He has prepared for certain purposes that He has preordained. When the person is aware of their purpose, they are to surrender to it, and to live it out in the glory of God. God called Israel to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We read that in Exodus chapter 19. And the same is true for us, the New Testament church today. In Revelation it says, You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. We are called out by God to salvation. Amen? Church, the Greek in the Greek, actually means a called-out assembly. This call involves sanctification, being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We are called to grow in service to God by good works. And this is how we mature as Christians. God gives us spiritual gifts which He distributes by His Spirit as He sees fit. Then God calls us to serve with, these, uh, with the use of these gifts. For example, uh, a young, I, I found this example uh, online. Uh, for for uh, example, a young man may begin to have a burden for a particular foreign nation and its people. That burden was placed there by God as part of his calling. The young man then begins to study that nation and enrolls in missions-focused schools. Once on the mission field, he's willing to suffer hardships and separation from family and friends because the call of God is His greatest motivation. God has summoned His church to display the mercy and grace, His mercy and grace, through each one of our lives. We'll see tonight how Israel was called, was summoned to the specific work. And God works the same way today, glorifying Himself through His people while sanctifying us, conforming us to the image of Christ, preparing us for eternity. So with that, I ask you to stand. We're going we're to go through 
uh, Exodus chapter 35 and, in, and into 36. I think it's the whole chapter that I'll go through, but I'm just going to read for you chapter 35. So if you stand and join me in reading Exodus chapter 35, that's where we're going to be most of the time tonight. <clears throat> Let's open in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for tonight. Dear Lord, you are the everlasting God. You are our creator, Lord God. And Father, you have called us unto yourself, Lord God. You have called us to serve you, to worship you, Lord God. You have empowered us. You've equipped us with ability, Lord God, and with knowledge, Lord. And that is what we're to do here, Lord, as a preparation, Lord God, of, uh, of spending eternity with one another and with you, dear Lord God. It is that we look forward to, dear Lord. So, Father, as, as we look at this passage tonight, dear Lord, and I pray, Lord God, that uh, the focus, Lord God, as you impressed on my heart, dear Lord, uh, would be communicated to your people, that it would not be uh, me speaking, but you speaking through me, dear Lord. And we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Exodus chapter 35, beginning in verse 1. Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on, on, on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastpiece. Let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, its tent and its covering, its hooks and its frames, its bars, its pillars, and its bases. The ark with its poles, the mercy seat, and the veil of the screen. The table with its poles and all its utensils, and the bread of the presence. The lampstand also for the light, with its utensils and its lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense with its poles, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense, and the screen for the door at the door of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, with its grating of bronze, its poles, and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its bases, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle and the pegs of the court and their cords, the finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred in him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting, and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women. All who were of willing heart brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. 
And everyone who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned ramskins or goatskins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution. And everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it. And every skillful woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastpiece, and spices and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the men and women the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer, or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. So a lot of text we're going to go over tonight, but we're going to kind of chunk it together. The, uh, so again, God, God has called his people to action. Right? God has called His people to action. He calls us to action too. So we want to keep that in mind as we go through this. The first thing God does is God's call to worship Him. Right? God's call to worship Him. And those are uh, verses 1 through 3. We read again, Moses assembled all the congregation uh, of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days work shall be done. But on the seventh day... You shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. So this is the first order that God gave before construction began, right? Uh, keeping the Sabbath would have, you know, would have been a sign to remind them, again, the sign of the covenant God had with his people. And we're reminded of that in Exodus 31, verse 13, where God commands to Moses, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. Keeping the Sabbath, of course, kept them in communion with God. There were benefits to that. Amen? It's always beneficial to be in communion in fellowship with God and to remember Him. Uh, keeping the Sabbath allows them to make, uh, to set that time aside to worship, worship God, to be intentional about it. Keeping the Sabbath would help them not get caught up in the busyness uh, of the work. This was a holy assignment. This was a great task, a great 
project for them to do for the Lord. And perhaps quite easily they would have forgotten or even ignored the Sabbath because, you know, hey, I'm doing this great work. I mean, I, I know sometimes I and maybe you can get caught up in, 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 in doing something for God, but forgetting about God. So again, the focus is, is always to put God first. And doing the Lord's will requires one to do it the Lord's way. Amen? Uh, exactly as He instructs. And keeping the Sabbath would allow for both physical and spiritual refreshment and renewal. The same is true for us. Amen? That we are to keep a day holy unto the Lord. That we be refreshed spiritually. We be refreshed physically. And of course, Jesus is our ultimate example. And, and we learn uh, the importance that, uh, that he had placed on, on the Sabbath. So, uh, so much written in Scripture. Just one example in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. So Jesus took time to rest. All the more so should we. God desires that his people take the time in getting to know him. Amen? We heard that this morning, that we are to get to know God, to spend time with him in his word, and in prayer, and in fellowship. So God desires that we get to know Him, and the Sabbath, right, was created not for God's benefit, but for us, for our benefit, that we be intentional in, in sitting with Him. In addition, personally, I wonder if, if perhaps God reminded them uh, of the Sabbath, that as, uh, that as they would observe it, as they would take that time and rest and think of God, that all the more they would eagerly anticipate the completion of the tabernacle where God would dwell among them. Amen? I think that that anticipation would, would have grown and grown. Again, that's just something I thought of as, as I was uh, studying for this. So we have the call to worship, right? God's call to worship. Then we see God's call to contribute, right? God's call to contribute. God has given us so we can give, whether it's monetarily, whether it's uh, in our talents and in our giftedness, our time, God has given us those resources and the abilities so that we can give. So we have here, again in, uh, in verse 4, we, ha we have here, not the words of man, but the command of God through his appointed mediator, Moses. We read, this is the thing the Lord is com has commanded. Again, the emphasis that Moses is placing that what I'm about to say is a command from God, not from me, not from any other man, but from God himself. And again, he's repeating. He's, he's doing what God instructed him to do back in chapter 25. Verse 2, speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him you shall receive the contribution for me. So he commands this, right? So another thing he commands is, is what, again, what the people are to do. You know, part of this contribution, take from you, in verse 5, take from you, from among you, a contribution to the Lord. So again, the Lord is requiring that the people make an offering to him. And in verse 5 also, uh, there's the command is that this offering would be of, of free will or voluntary. 
and a, it says, and a generous one. Whoever is of generous, willing heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. The Lord is requiring the offering be made with a generous or willing heart. You've heard, you've, I'm sure you've heard that the things that God has blessed us with, that we would hold on loosely to them. And, and, and hold them loosely so that he, we can listen to him and, and obey him in how to be good stewards of him and use them to, to glorify him. Uh, so, so again, that word willing uh, or, or generous, what it's talking about is, is being ready. It's talking about being ready. The heart being ready. And, and what that means is, it's, is that the heart is inclined towards God. That our heart be ready. That our heart be inclined towards God. And then to be generous, what's meant by that is that the result would be that that which is given, that the amount given or whatever is given would actually exceed that which is expected or even what is necessary. And we see, we're going to see that later on in the passage, that that's exactly what happens. And we read also, again, along those lines, Malachi uh, chapter 3, verse 10. God says, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. That there's no more need in my life, but that God, does God pour out a blessing, okay, that we would hoard it, that we would enjoy it, but no, that we would continue to use that that we would turn it back to Him, right? Again, ready to be ready in motive and also in, in resources, okay? Uh, we continue in the, in the chapter, verses 5 to 9. We read, Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and stones for setting the ephod, and for the breastpiece. The linen, gold, and silver were provided by whom? You remember? They were provided by God. They were provided by God for this very purpose. Remember way back in Exodus chapter 3, Verses 21 and 22. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty, but each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. God provides for everything. God's provision sustains us, right? Uh, we, we enjoy what God provides uh, for us. They are enjoyed by us. But ultimately, it doesn't belong to us, does it? Right? As with Israel, this truth applies again to us today. We are to purpose in our hearts. Get our hearts ready. And can I say this? Not how much to give. Again, whether it's time, money, ability. All right? Not how much to give. But we need to purpose in our hearts to be ready, to be ready to give. Because again, what God provides, He's going to use 
through us for His purpose, for His glory. And we should, we should eagerly anticipate that as we, as we come to a place that we prepare our hearts, that we're inclined towards Him, that we want to eagerly give, expectantly give, that God would use us okay, in everything that He's, he's equipped us with and provided us with for Him, for His kingdom work. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Why? So I have excess and I can just, you know, consume it all? No, but that I would turn it back to God. Because, because I've given it to Him, because I've purposed my heart and I've availed it to Him, if I, if I could even say that, all right, He gives more. So this way we continue to turn it back. We are to bless His name, not only for the very things that sustain our physical existence, but all the extras. I believe we should be asking, okay, God, you gave me this, whatever that this is. How can I worship you with it? How can I use it for your glory? How can you get glory with this? And it doesn't, even, it doesn't even have to be excess. The very possessions we have, cars, an extra room that somebody can, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is that we, Lord, you've, you've provided this for us. You've provided a home. How, how can we use this to glorify your name? And, and watch and see what God would do. Romans 11, 33-36, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? Or who has given a gift to Him that He might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. Again, from Him, through Him, and to Him are all things. Another familiar passage, John 1, 3. All things were made through Him, and without Him was anything made that was, was not anything made that was made. Everything that we have, everything that we see, everything is from Him. Understanding and believing this to be true is how one's heart becomes prepared to purposefully and expectantly give. That I believe in my heart, that we believe in our heart, that what we have is truly from Him. I mean, I mean, I mean just stop and think about it. If, 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 if I gave you money to, to, to do something with, all right? What, I gave you $100, all right? Uh, you may, you, you're probably going to come back and ask me, what would you like me to do with this? What would you like me to do with this? To, to be a good steward. If, you're, if you were to manage my portfolio, you'd probably laugh when you saw it, but if, right, what, 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 what are you looking to accomplish? All right, you would ask. And then I would give you direction. Well, in a similar way, I think that's what we do with God. Everything that we have. Lord, what would you have me do with this? And again, just really, really understanding that everything we have is from Him and appreciating it and just humbly, you know, accepting that I can do nothing, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't earn anything. God has given me the strength. God has given me 
you know, the intelligence to do whatever it is I do. And the same for all of us. Apart from him, we would we do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Paul reminds the church at Corinth, right, to be ready and willing in their giving, as they always had. But again, not he was reminding them also not to give expecting something in return or even under compulsion. In 2 Corinthians 9.5, he says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised. Have you promised in your heart, have I promised in my heart, to give to God, to give Him of everything I have? Right? We heard the saying, we can't take it with us, right? A U-Haul is never hooked up to a hearse. Right? We can't take it with us. So, God, what would you have? You've given me this. What would you have me do with this? Right? Uh, in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not an, as an exaction. Right? Again, I, I said earlier, in my, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, I should, maybe I shouldn't be asking, you know, how much should I give? But Lord, here's, here's what I have. What, what do you want? What, what do you want of this? What, how do I appropriate this to your kingdom work? And contribute to that. All things means all things, right? All things, material, talents, our gifts are from God. So again, call to worship, call to contribute. God calls His chosen. What I mean by that, there's specific people for specific times, right? Moses uh, then charged uh, in verses 10 through 19 those who had been gifted by the Holy Spirit for this service of building the tabernacle to begin constructing the tabernacle, its furniture, as well as the priest's garments. Uh, in this section, we read of the fulfillment of what God pronounced earlier in chapters 28 and 31. In chapter 28, verse 3, if you remember, you shall speak to all the skillful whom I have filled with a spirit of skill, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. And then in chapter 31, verses 1 through 6, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. So God equipped men. God equips men today with the skills necessary here to fashion the pieces of the tabernacle. And here, now is the time that God would have this built. The people answer to God's call. The people answer to God's call. Verses 20 to 29 in chapter 35. We'll read for you verses 20 and, 20 to, and 21. <clears throat> then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of 
Moses. So we see all the people responded, right? Not just a select few, not just all the people responded, not just the leaders, and they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him. Right? Again, his heart stirred. What that means is that their heart was lifted. Right? Their heart was stirred. Their heart would have been inclined towards God, right? In anticipation, waiting. And everyone whose spirit moved him, again, everyone whose spirit made him willing, right, to be willing to give and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. The people's spirit was moved by God's spirit, right? If we could say it this way, they were able to hear, right, God's call. They were able to hear God's call. They were sensitive. They were inclined towards God, right? Because their hearts were lifted, because their hearts were inclined towards God, causing them, this caused them to voluntarily or willingly want to give of what they had. This isn't the only time God's Spirit moved in stirring the spirit or heart of people. One other time is in the book of Ezra. Uh, I'll read for you verses 1 and 5 of chapter 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Verse 5, Then rose up the heads of the fathers, the father's house of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem. Those whose heart was willing, those whose heart was ready, answered by bringing the offerings of jewelry and fabrics to Moses. Again, having a prepared, ready heart. This passage teaches us that it's not just, just having the desire or passion. We heard that this morning, part of that, this morning in pastor's message, not so much just to have a desire or a passion. You have to do it. Right? We have to act on it. So that, that's what God, God is doing here. He's calling them to action. So it's not enough just to have a desire or a passion or even the ability to give, but that the giver must give with the right motive, with the right heart, a heart that is ready. When our hearts are inclined towards Him or sensitive uh, for, for Him is when God moves in a person's heart and that spirit is moved. How does, how does that happen? That happens when we're in His Word, when we're getting to know God, and when we meditate on His Word and pray on His Word. When we consider His Word and we pray. That is how we know God. That is how He moves in us. The willing, ready heart of the believer is what God uses to prompt or to stir us into surrendering, thereby using you and I to manifest Himself through us. Again, it's not us. It's us being ready, being prepared, because we've been summoned, we've been called to be His instruments. Are you not blessed when you know God has used you? I know I am, because I know who I am, and I know I can do nothing without Him. I'm a, I'm a, I mess up a lot. So we know, and it's, it is a blessing. It's, it's a true blessing 
when, when, when we are instruments in the hand of the Redeemer, to quote a title of a book. Are you not joyful uh, when that happens? We know what it is to walk in darkness, right? But we also know what it is to walk in the light, and it's staying there, staying in the light. We go through our day restraining the sin nature and yielding, yielding to God's Spirit. Again, not always successful, but that is pretty much our day, if we be honest. That's what it should be. But then there are times outside of the norm when God would nudge us or poke us to do something. And it's only if we have that willing, ready heart will we respond in those particular circumstances. But again, not only the special circumstances or particular ones, but we need to be ready in all, even the practical circumstances. Not just the special projects, like we see here the building of the tabernacle, and there's, there's specific people for specific tasks. Okay, We see that also when we do, let's say, VBS, uh, we do that. There's, there's those that are called to specific areas. But then again, it's the whole body. It's the whole church. Ready are those who voluntarily and willfully contribute uh, from their resources. And, and when we do that, it's for the good of the community of believers. It's good for the body of Christ. Even if one person is helping another, right? That ripple effect, that affects the whole body. 1 John 3.17 But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Again, a reminder that we are called, we are summoned to action. God has given us the resources. He's given us the ability. And brothers and sisters, may we never forget that our greatest need has been provided for. I read for you verse 17 there. I'd like to read, include now verse 16, the one before it. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Amen? So, God then also, as I had mentioned, he calls specifics, but he also calls the whole church. He calls the whole congregation. And we see that for the remainder of chapter 35 into the, into the beginning of chapter 36. God also calls the whole congregation. God never meant for only part of the church to answer His call. Right? We've all been called. We read how the people were stirred by God's Spirit to contribute. Now, in the remaining verses in chapter 35, Moses... God's mediator reminds everyone of those who have been given God's spirit and the ability to fashion the furnishings of the tabernacle. I'll read for you verses 30 to 33. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name. He's specifically chosen. He's called by name. He's called Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood for work in every skilled craft. God equipped 
the people, equipped them with exactly what was needed for them to serve, to worship Him. God also gave them, again, the ability, we read there, to teach others. What we're going to read next in verses 34 and 35. And He, meaning God, has inspired him, Bethsalel, to teach both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with the skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. So he equips those also to teach those skills in, the, in those specific times. Uh, on to chapter 36, verse 1. Bethsalel and Olihab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work. So again, we, here we have the actual builders, right? We're gifted with the talent to build. In the, it says in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. So again, this had to be accomplished exactly as God commanded. So all the congregation would be involved at some level. And, and perhaps God knowing them, God knowing us, and he, you know, we, we need to do God's will, God's way, and, and they have to do this exactly as God uh, had commanded. He give, given those strict instructions so there would be no deviation. Uh, or maybe when someone would say, hey, uh, I, I think it would be better if we did it this way. Or I think it would be easier if we did it that way. There had to be those, I'm sure Moses was the one, and, and others that says, no, we need to do this the way God says. Amen. Just like us, the way we need to live our life, the way God said. Not, but, yeah, but. I know what God's word says, yeah, but, no, it's very clear. It's very clear what we need to do. And, and something else. Everyone, church, right, has, has been gifted by God. We've all been given the ability. We don't always need to be stirred, right? We, we read earlier in 1 John 3.17, if you know a brother who's in need, you're to meet that need. We don't always need to be stirred into using our gifts. At least we shouldn't need to be. If our hearts are inclined towards God, we should be waiting, just waiting for Him to, oh, I'll fill that gap. Oh, I'll, I'll do that. Not that we, you know, we're all over the place, but we'll know. We'll know. Everyone has a gift. You know, it's, it's not like, well, I don't feel like it. Well, you know, sometimes we may not feel like it. But again, as we heard today, if we love our Lord, right, we will obey what He says. And if I have something that Darlene needs, why would I withhold it? Why should I? Right? If there is a need, and I've been given the ability to fill the need, that I would simply act and do my part in meeting that need. Again, what can I do, God? Show me what I can do. And sometimes you may feel a burden to help somewhere, but you may not. You may think maybe I don't have the ability or I don't have, but you feel God like 
tugging, tugging at you to, to go do something. I remember when I first came to know Christ, I, I, I'm not a great teacher of kids, I'll tell you that. I felt drawn to go help an Awana. <laughs> Against my better judgment, I, uh, my judgment would be, don't go. You're nuts, don't go. But I just felt like I had to go, and I responded, and I went. But there were people there that helped me. There were people that taught me, that trained me. All right? So, and even the gifts that we've been given, they need to be developed. So we need people to come alongside us and teach us, those that are more mature in those areas that can help us. Right? So then we have been summoned, we've been called. So what, what do we have to do? Then the response, there's a response to God's call. We're in chapter 36, verses 2 and 3. And Moses called Bezalel and Oliab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him freewill offerings every morning. So again, everyone showed up to do the work. Moses, Moses gave the contributions made to those that were working. And I don't recall com, uh, Moses being commanded to do this, but perhaps it had something to do with the golden calf prior uh, that he, would, he had taken it upon himself to ensure that all the work was being done exactly as God commanded. He would receive those offerings. And we continue in, in chapter 36, uh, again, finishing verse 3 and 7. They still kept bringing him freewill offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and words was, was proclaimed throughout the camp, let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. For, yeah, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Never heard Pastor Eric come up here and say, Oh, stop. <laughs> Church, again, he's said it and, and the elders are on that same page. This is a giving church. This is definitely a giving church. But to think that when, when, when the people's hearts are inclined towards God, availing themselves, Lord, have your way with me, with what you've blessed me with, that they've actually had to stop and say, okay, that's enough. We have more than enough, Right? Again, when we have our hearts inclined toward God and willingly submit to Him, God does more than we could ever anticipate, more than we ever needed. When we subject ourselves to God and His Spirit, we're saying, God, take over. We cannot suppress the Spirit. What I really mean by that is that we should not allow ourselves to suppress God's Spirit. When we do, we... Ultimately, we prevent ourselves from serving and worshiping Him in a manner that He is worthy of us and that He has called us to. When you and I are stirred to serve or to, 
meet a need, it's because He has provided us with the resources. If you're like me, sometimes you talk yourself out of it. You feel like God's saying, do this. Like, no, 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 I kind of had that set aside for this. No, yeah, right? Amen. Amen, let's be honest. Keep that heart. It's hard, it's difficult. It's difficult. When, not if, the spiritual gifts He has given you and I are required, we are to employ them. I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to be stirred to employ them either. Again, when we see under normal circumstances. I like the way the, the New Living Translation says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Amen? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. The works God prepared, ordained, before we knew Christ, before we were even born, right? Those are the works that we need to do. Look at a, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, real quick. Just a reminder. The Word of God says, And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, <clears throat> excuse me, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, For, grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that anyone may boast. For we are for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Again, a familiar passage. John MacArthur summarizes that passage this way. God has ordained that we then live, God has ordained that we then live lives of good works. Works done in His power and for His glory. Amen? And God has equipped us for that. 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? We are a new creation. We are newly created in Christ, right? For good works. The works God prepared, again, had ordained before we knew Him, before we were even birthed. And by the, under, by the understanding we, we gain from Scripture, from God's Word, by His Spirit, we know His will. Right? We know His will for our lives. God's will for you and I. Psalm 143.10 Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good Spirit lead me on level ground. God has equipped us. We need to learn, all right, 
We need to be inclined towards God, our hearts, our ears, our minds, inclined towards God that we would employ the abilities that He's given us to help one another that He would get all the glory. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-19 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. 1 Peter 2.15 For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. And finally, 1 Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That we would have a prepared heart for God. We know God's will. Right? And we know that we need to, God's instructions need to be followed exactly. God's instructions need to be followed exactly. And we'll close out with this. The remainder of chapter 36, again, it talks about the, the construction of, of, of the, the tabernacles, curtains, and veils. And it's all done exactly as God had commanded. Actually, it's to the to the end of the book. This should serve as a reminder to all of us, to all people, that in God's economy there are no gray areas. Right? God says what He means. God means what He says. There's no well buts, or I don't think God would, or God wouldn't. Even when someone says, well, my God, the God I know, would or wouldn't just fill in that blank, whatever it might be. We need to make sure that we know the real God, which I'm preaching to the choir here, but again, to, to, to everyone else, that the God we know reveals Himself through Scripture. Amen? He is the one true God. And there's only one way that we can come into His presence. There's only one way we can have fellowship with Him. There's only one way that we can have the hope of eternity. Right? The wages of sin is death, the Bible tells us. God's wrath and eternal separation. And there was only one way, even then, for Israel to approach God, to have fellowship with Him. That's by having a repentant heart and believing that that appointed sacrifice would make a full atonement for their sins as the priest would mediate and intercede on their behalf. They were trusting in the Savior to come. But they did it as God prescribed. And the same is true today. The wages of sin is still death. God's wrath and eternal separation. God does not change. Today, God says He wants to have fellowship with you and I. He still requires repentance from our sins and believe in the atoning sacrifice and the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'll close with this just to summarize it. <clears throat> I know it was a lot. I went a couple of minutes long. God's call. We're called, right? We're called to worship. That we will put God in, a, in proper perspective, in the proper position in our lives. That He would be first. And we're called to contribute what God has given us that we would hold loosely and avail to Him. Right? He has given us so we would give. 
God has called His chosen. Again, specific people for specific works, specific times and places. God has also called the congregation. It never meant for it to be just a few people. It's the whole body. We've all been summoned. We've all been called. And we must respond, stirred or not. We are to obey our master. And we know God's will, but it's got to be done God's way. Very simple. Again, there's specific instructions approaching God and worshiping God and living for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you again for your truth and for your word, for who you are, dear Lord, a holy God who has called us, dear Lord, into fellowship with himself, who has provided all that is needed for that fellowship, dear Lord. And Father, you have called us to use everything you've given us to bring you honor and glory, Father. Father, help us to incline our hearts to you, that we would be stirred, Lord God, And even when we're not, Lord God, because we know you and we know what you uh, command us to do, Lord God, that out of love for you, Lord God, we will respond with a willful, generous heart, Lord. Again, not how much, Lord God, but that we would give you our whole heart and ask you, have your way with us, dear Lord, with everything that you've given us. How can we bring you honor and glory? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. So due to some technical difficulties with some of the Wi-Fi cutting in and out, we're just going to close on a doxology and we'll save that beautiful song of Refiner's Fire for next week because I don't want any disruption or disturbance on it. So let's stand and we'll close in doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Ah. Uh-huh.